Sports Radio welcomes you to the Lions Den with your hosts Michael Heiger and Louis Bellotta. Ah, uh, yes, you are listening to the Lions Den here on Impact Sports. I'm your host Michael Heiger, joined by my co-host every week, Louis Bellotta. How are you, Michael Heiger? I am doing great, Louis, because NFL season is in full swing. Lions played on Monday Night Football. And guess what? Oh, they won. They won. They won big against those New York Giants. Oh, yeah. 35-14 was the final score. According to ESPN.com, the Giants were sucking some mad D. Oh, yeah, they were. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we're going to – today on the show, we're going to get into that game. Bit of a recap, box score, what what came out of it, some positives, some negatives that we saw. Even with the win, there's always negatives that you you can come out of a game with. We're going to be previewing week two's game on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers – and then a bit of a new fantasy football segment for all of you fantasy gurus out there listening to our show. So we are going to start, of course, with the Lions 35-14 win over the New York Giants on Monday night. And Lewis, I know you watched the game. I watched the game. Oh, couldn't yes. leave the TV. What were some of the impressions, some of your first impressions that you came out of it with? First impressions, number one. You could tell it was a completely newly coached team. I don't know if you noticed this, but right away... The audibles, the changing on the Mm -hmm. line, the changing on the fly between the offense and the defense. I don't think I saw a play that they ran out there and didn't change right after. Isn't that just a lovely feeling? The feeling of freshness. Right. You're out with the old. Because last year they walked out there and you could pretty much tell what they were going to do. Exactly. Like there wasn't any disguise. But they were out there. Stafford, I feel like, called as many audibles as Peyton Manning would call in one game. Mm -hmm. And here, this was probably the first time you saw... Two, two, a double, uh, how should I say this? Uh, two running backs in the backfield, I'll just put it that way. Uh, I guess running back and a fullback at some point. For the first time, probably since you had Corey Schlesinger back there. It was actually Jerome Felton. Oh, Jerome Felton. Time. I forgot about him. Yes. That's a throwback right there, too. Yes. So. Uh, no, that wasn't nice to see a fullback. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a couple times where they didn't get much uh, push out of him, though, I did notice. But, hey, it's a work in progress. Whatever. It's a nice try. I like having a fullback out there. It'll come in handy at some point. And how about, I want to say, Matthew Stafford, that first quarter. Yes. We've always seen him outperform everyone in the fourth quarter, just making all the clutch plays. But how often do you see him make those plays in the first quarter, running around the field with the mobility, finding Calvin Johnson open in the end, open in the end zone? He, I don't know oh, if I've yeah. ever seen him look that look oh, better. No. Oh, no. I game. think I've seen him do that once a year, mm-hmm. not twice in a quarter. Yeah. That first touchdown, of course, 67-yard touchdown pass to Calvin Johnson. A wide open. Wide open. Oh. I probably could have thrown that touchdown pass oh, to I Calvin. Oh, we all could have. Yeah, we all could have. That was all on Calvin right there, getting wide open. and then, But also Stafford showing the mobility, avoiding the, ta- avoiding the sack, and being able to get the ball out there I think was huge. And then also, next, uh, next drive... Calvin Johnson's 16-yard touchdown catch from Stafford again. Beautiful dive in the end zone from Calvin. Perfectly placed throw. It was by all Stafford. him. It was all him. Yeah, and so if it was thrown anybody else, that's incomplete. It was. Yeah, completely. And 
I mean, it was a, I, I was shocked that Calvin somehow find a, found a way to catch that ball. But it looks like that they're finally starting to pick up a little bit from where we want them to see. Calvin connected, Stafford connecting with Calvin, getting that chemistry together between the two. And I have to say, I think that Lions offense is going to be, they showed it this, they showed it last week. They are going to be dynamic this year. Oh, they definitely are. I think in the past it's kind of been a bit of a one weapon thing where you where you you have Calvin Johnson out there. It was then, like I said, it was predictable. It was, yeah, you knew it was if, predictable. you knew who was going to run the ball. You knew who they were going to catch him to, or who they were going to throw it to. You just knew. But now every single play. You got new groups of people coming in and out. Every single play, it's an audible. You could hear Stafford yelling, kill, 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 during the game, and he would change it up to something else, and it would work out. I just loved how it was going, and I think this is going to work out well. Granted, the Giants aren't that great. It was week one. It was at home. Yes, there's going to be flaws. They're not going to be like this every week. But this was very encouraging to see. Mm -hmm. And and all offseason, we've been talking about how this coaching staff, why they brought this coaching staff on is to help focus on Matthew Stafford because the – Previous coaching staff with Schwartz and Linehan, they didn't. They they never really. They didn't get the best out of no, their players. They didn't. And you could, you know, where you could definitely see that Nevin Lawson. Mm-hmm. I don't think he thought he was going to play a whole lot during that game, if at all. But then once when Bill Bentley went down, he went in. I think he played admirable against Victor Cruz. Nevin Lawson was a guy coming out of the preseason who I'd said if he wasn't a fourth round pick and a rookie, he would have been cut. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I wasn't expecting to see much out of Nevin Lawson, but he looked pretty good out there. Oh, yeah. Him and plus the undrafted, both safeties. Mm-hmm. Both safety that was third and fourth string safeties, and yeah. they played well. I think this is a, a good example that this uh, coaching staff is getting the most out of their players, and they're t- coaching them well. Where with, if this was Jim Schwartz still out there, Nevin Lawson would have definitely put the Giants back in that game. And guess what? That's the definition of a playoff team right there. Teams that make the most out of their players. Yep. You look at the Seattle Seahawks, what they've put together – out of their 5th, 6th, 7th round draft picks, Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, that defense right there, that's a team that makes the most out of their players. Russell Wilson was a 3rd round pick at quarterback. So I think the coaching staff is doing a really, really, so far after week one, a strong job of uh, being able to use that depth on the roster. But I I came out of this victory a little cautiously optimistic, Lewis, because as you because mentioned... Because of the injuries? First of all, yeah, because of the injuries. And... Yeah. The the injuries are pretty bad. Bill yep. Bentley, torn ACL, he's out for the season. Yep. At a position where that was probably your weakest position already. And it just became weaker. Mm-hmm. And now and now you look at the right side of that offensive line at right tackle. Adrian Waddle is out with a calf injury. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. Something that is a little interesting with this coaching staff is they've been a little um they've been a little reluctant with sharing their injury report. Well, Jim Schwartz was like that too. Yeah, he was. He, he never told anybody what was going on. That, that is true. But Adrian Waddle, we don't really know how long he's going to be out for. All I we think know he's going to be out a couple, injury. just a couple weeks. He'll yeah. be back in there. I'm not too worried about it. And then, so they have. Well, actually, no, I take that back. I am worried about it because we need somebody like him against Carolina's mm-hmm. front seven. But And I wouldn't be as worried about it if his backup, Corey Hilliard, also didn't just get out for the season yep. to, as of today. Breaking news today, Adrian Waddle's backup, Corey Hilliard, is out for the year along with Bill Bentley. So there's two season-ending injuries right after week one. And the, these might not be the strongest players on the roster. Hilliard and Bentley, they're not even starters. But these are guys, they're depth. And you need that depth, especially at these positions where you don't have a lot in the secondary, on the offensive line. And so coming out of it, 
I was pretty cautiously optimistic because, yeah, the Lions looked great, but then also, as you mentioned, it was against a team, against an offense that was putrid in the preseason. Looked absolutely awful. Scored, scored one touchdown, their starters, in the preseason. and Still looked putrid. Yeah, pretty still much. looked putrid last week. Eli Manning, I think, is starting to shift towards that bottom tier of quarterbacks a little bit. And here, his receivers, Victor Cruz and Ruben Randall, were even complaining, hey, we were open. Where's the ball? Both of them complained this week. This team is in shambles, the New York Giants. I think they're going to finish last in their division, in a pretty bad division, too, the NFC East. So I I knew I predicted the Lions would win this game and still finish the Everybody season. Everybody of ESPN fin- f- predicted the Lions yes. are going to win this game, mm-hmm. you know. The also one thing that we didn't that I forgot to say that I was really impressed with was Darius Slay. Yes. He's come he's come to his own. Yeah, I he's was no doubtful. longer someone that you're just like, "Oh, we have Rasheed Mathis and Darius Slay out there." I think he's now it was his rookie season. Nobody's great the rookie season, especially a cornerback. I think he's coming to his own and he's proving that he was worth a second round pick. Yeah, absolutely. And I was somebody I was probably one of the biggest Darius Slay doubt, doubters this offseason saying, "How could you start a second round pick who really didn't produce last year?" Um as your number one starter at cornerback, I don't. I thought he underperformed last year. I don't think he was good at all, and so I think I agree with you. Darius Slay looked great. I liked what I, I liked what I saw to Rasheen Mathis. Then also the safeties as well. I really liked what I saw to Glover Quinn. And hopefully James Hagdabo. We didn't. We weren't able to see him last week. I th- looks like he's questionable for this coming week. I think he's going to play. So I think he's going to play too. But the thing is, I'd say. If- it is the second week of the NFL season. I mean, you got to have everybody out there and healthy. But Carolina's, you know, I feel like Carolina's receivers are about as equal as the Giants' receivers. I think I would even go a step further and say that they're a step lower. Exactly. Than so I wouldn't. Receivers. I'm no expert, but I don't. I wouldn't say rush anyone back. Mm-hmm. Let see what you got with these guys against Carolina. Yes, Cam Newton is going to play, but all all of his scrambling comes with the front seven. They have to stop him. So question, Bill Bentley's out for the season. Champ Bailey's a guy who's been working out with the Lions. Yes, he's old. He, he probably belongs in a nursing home more than on an NFL field. But do you think the Lions will sign him, and should they sign him? They won't sign him. They worked out Dimitri Patterson today, a cornerback from the Jets, who was cut because he went AWOL this practice. He had a quote saying, you know, I've got my reasons and I told the right people the right things of why I didn't show up. I didn't go AWOL. Sounds promising. Yeah, I don't think I want that guy on my team. But the fact that they did, they worked out Champ Bailey and they didn't sign him means they weren't impressed. Yeah, clearly. And, I mean, this is a guy who just got cut by the New York Saints who themselves don't really have that d- deep of a secondary either. So New clearly, Orleans Saints. I got your back. Yep, the New Orleans <laughs> Saints. What did I say? The New York Saints. Oh, did I say New York? My bad. Yeah. Well, it's time the to Giants look. need some Saints. but Yes, they do. But it's time to look a little bit into week two and the upcoming matchup with the Carolina Panthers, and it's an intriguing one. The Panthers are a team that a lot of people were down on last week. Cam Newton was out. Looks like he's going to be back in. But they won with Derek Anderson at quarterback. This is a team that Calvin Benjamin looked pretty darn good. He did. In his first game in the NFL. And this defense scares the heck out of me. It really does. This isn't the New York Giants' fairy defense where, oh, we're not going to defend your receivers. Calvin will have 30 yards around him wherever he is. You're talking about probably one of the best front sevens in the NFL, and Matthew Stafford even said that today. He said that this is the best front seven that the Lions have on their schedule, and I probably don't disagree with him. You're talking about Luke Keekley, who's probably the best middle linebacker in the NFL today. 
Greg Hardy on that defensive line with the depleted offensive line that the Lions have right now. Stafford's going to be running around a lot uh, come Sunday. Yeah, I think he's going to be running around a lot, especially with this whole age. Adrian Waddle being out, mm-hmm. Corey Hilliard being out. That's going to be the uh, the little break in the levy. That's not going to that's going to let some guys in. But at that same time, yes, defense wins championships, but offense wins you games. And I think that the Lions' offense may outduel Carolina's offense. Their running backs are old. And their their receivers are just not talented. Yes, Calvin J- Benjamin, Calvin Johnson, Calvin Benjamin <laughs> is talented, but he's very raw. Uh, this is something where Golden Tate and Calvin Johnson and Reggie Bush and Joyke Bell and every, and the rest of the cast, I think, can out duel. Yes, there is. A, yes, the front seven can do pressure, but it's going to be a great matchup. But I think the Lions could prevail offensively on this. You know, I think. Th- Last week, the Lions were kind of hoping that Cam Newton was going to play. Yeah. Because now they don't really know how Cam Newton is with Calvin Benjamin, Greg Olson. Greg Olson's a guy who got 11 targets last week from Derek Anderson. Do we know that that's just because that's Derek Anderson's favorite target, or was that because Greg Olson's going to be productive this year, and that's one of the only – that's their tight end, and that's one of the only targets on their team. So I'm kind of interested to see how Cam Newton gels with – Kelvin Benjamin, the first time he's playing with him. Jericho Cotri, the first time he's playing with him. So I think the Lions are going to get some hits on Newton early. Shake oh. him up a little bit, make him a little raw. That happened against Cutler last year when they were in Chicago. Mm-hmm. They prevailed. They won. Uh, look for the Lions to get a little. Well, no, still, you're, you're in the NFL. They're going to take some shots at him early. I think the matchup that I'm most interested in seeing next week is, I mean, it has to be the Lions rushing attack of Bush and Bell. And I guess if we want to throw him in, Riddick versus that Panthers front seven. See, here's the thing. They didn't really prevail that much this last week against a suspect Giants defense. Bush only rushed for 51. Mm-hmm. Or no, Bell rushed for 51 and Bush rushed for 15. I thought Bush looked awful. Absolutely he, awful. He looked good catching the ball. Catching the ball, he did. Yes. He Running out good. of the backfield? No. Nope. I, I, I would say give the majority of the carries to Bell if that's what you're going to be getting out of the two of them. Yep. Oh, I would, uh, I would, I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. But I think that was on purpose. I think they purposely were going to use Bell as a receiver. Man, why they got both got to have yeah, B last name? It's names, confusing. Man. It is. All right. Anyway, stick with. They're going to use yes. They're going to use Bush more as a receiver than a running back this year. I think. Yeah, they're going to have split back sets and triple back sets and all that stuff. But I think they're going to use Bush more as a receiver out of the back than uh, as a running back. Mm-hmm. I think this is a game where the Lions must limit their turnovers if they want to win the game. Yeah. No, not term- turnovers. Penalties. Penalties as well. I was Lions. impressed that they went a whole half without a penalty. And then that guess was what? very impressive. And then eight penalties in the second half, Lewis? Eight. That was in the first half. First half, excuse me. That's what I was saying. Yeah. They went a whole half without penalty. Uh-huh. I was very impressed. That is that aside from the whole all these audibles and no I don't feel like no play was the same when they walked out on the field. The whole that Jim Caldwell could go in that locker room and set it straight. That's something we we haven't seen in years. We have not seen a, te- a Lions team be set straight during a halftime speech in years, yeah, at least but, in my mind. I mean, yes, I agree with you, but eight penalties in one half. I know. Yes. But then it went to zero in the next half. I, I think don't Caldwell really know was like, hey, get your crap together. Do you really think that's Caldwell's doing? Yes. Do you really think Caldwell just said, all right, guys. We're going to stop committing penalties, and then poof, they stop. No, I don't think penalties. it was they're going to stop committing them. But he's got to he's a coach. got to play smarter, use your brain, and then up. Oh. I think these players buy into him, and they weren't buying into Schwartz. 
Well, I mean, that's why. after you're at the coach for after you're losing with a head coach for four years, you're probably done buying into him. And well, I think exactly. That's what, we saw, what we saw at the tail end of last season, at the beginning of the season, you're going to come in all amped up. Oh, we've got this great thing going, and then with the Lions, especially second half of the season, everything just kind of comes tumbling down. I don't know. I think that the lot. I think that he had something to say in that halftime speech. It, for a Lions team to not get a penalty in a half, that is extremely rare. Yeah. He had something to do with it. It's very true. But he definitely had something to do with it. Yeah, it just worries me. It worries you? Yeah. Why are wor- you so worried? See, I I just look at past I just look at past history. It is what it is. I I said the Lions would beat the Giants because the Giants are a mediocre football team at best. But you look at the rest of the season, I'm very cautiously optimistic. I loved what I saw, but was that the Giants? Was that because you were playing the Giants or because you're an actually improved football team? And that's where I have my doubts. I would agree with you, but I think that's half and half because we saw we saw the the Lions of old in that second quarter. We yeah. saw them hit the kicker. We yeah. saw them get a whole bunch of uh, third down penalties that extended the drive so the Giants could get a touchdown in the in the second quarter. I mean, we saw all that stuff that was not new. That was not new. We're like, oh, SOL. Right. It was it was an SOL quarter. It was the same old Lions second quarter, but they turned it around and they didn't look back. They finished a game. The Lions rarely finish a game. Yep. I think some stars to come out of the game last week. DeAndre Levy, 10 tackles, another day in the- NFC defensive player of the week. I think yeah, First I, time I think since 1997. Probably one of the most underrated defensive players in the NFL in By my far. opinion. And then you got Tolik coming in with eight tackles. Quinn looked great getting the pick in the five tackles, stepping in front of the receiver to get that pick. Um, I liked what I saw from the defense, but it's going to be a tough week coming up against the Panthers, in my opinion. Unsung hero would be Golden Tate, though. Yeah. Six catches for 93 yards. I mean, I haven't seen a second receiver on the lines do that in a long time either. Can you remember all the drops from last season. Yes. And I, and, and here you bring in a guy who you needed to bring in probably the best hands in the NFL for a yep. receiver. One, one of the best receivers with hands. So, I mean, he never drops the ball. The one thing that frustrated me was Eric Ebron <laughs> was yeah. several different times. Mm-hmm. He had it in his hands and it got hit out. Yeah. They don't, they don't call that a drop no. in the books. No, but... it's not a drop. It, it was frustrating. Got to hold on to the ball. That happened. Got to hold on. I to the think ball, man. three times, as I remember, that he had it, and they there, there was cl- one the in close the end up, zone. The, there yeah. was one in the end zone where mm-hmm. he caught it, and then Antro Roll just punched it out. Mm-hmm. I don't. It's frustrating. It is frustrating because that's something that we heard all preseason. Here's a tight end, tons of talent, drops the ball, and he dropped the ball Monday night, both literally and figuratively. Yeah. So. I'm calling for Ebron touchdown next year. Or not next year, next week. Next week? Hopefully not next year. Yeah, it's not next year. So, oh, man. No, next week he's going to have one. All right. There's your prediction. I think – I don't I don't think – What is your one prediction for next week's game? Not the score. My what's one prediction? prediction for next week's game is a pick six by Rasheen Mathis. Oh. All right. That's my bold prediction for next week's game. All right. Pick six by Rasheen Mathis. I could see that. I think Cam Newton coming off an injury. Uh, yeah. He's going to be a little disconnected. Yep. Not re- not really. Doesn't really have that much chemistry with his receivers. Hasn't played a full game yet with Benjamin or Kotri. Or so. Olsen or anyone. Or other Olsen. than D'Angelo Williams. Right. So I'm looking forward to 
the secondary. For once, I'm a little optimistic. I'm optimistic about the secondary. Right? I mean, I am sky falling. No. So, but then next week we're going to be sitting here and we're going to be very pessimistic about the secondary when Aaron Rodgers comes to town. So. Oh, that'll be fun. Right. Can't wait for that. Oh, man. Hey, but, maybe he's having a down year. We don't know. He's not having a down year. No, he's not. No. <laughs> but hey, who would have thought after week one, Lions and Vikings right? tied for sole possession right. of first place. You know, even though it was the Rams, who I said on one of these podcasts this summer's, the Rams are a bunch of fluff, and every year it's, oh, the Rams got it this year. They got it this year. They have completely derailed. Yeah, this... They are going to have, I bet they're going to have the second pick in the draft again. And you know what? I I, I had high hopes for the Rams because that... I love that defense. But no. you gave up 34 points to the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. And... Did you see Chris Long out for eight to ten weeks? <laughs> Foot surgery? You got no Sean Hill or Sam Bradford. The whole team is just fall into shambles in a matter of two weeks. But I told you last week, I told you last week, the Vikings are a team to watch out for this yes, year. You did. You can't, yes, you, you did. can't sleep on them with a team that has Adrian Peterson, arguably the best running back of the past decade, at least. And then Corderell Patterson, who I think is the he next he, big, he blew, he blew big, up last big week. up and coming he star in the NFL. Oh yeah. I think, Next year, you're going to be talking about Corderell Patterson as a top 10 receiver in the NFL. So the Vikings are not a team to sleep on. Harrison Smith, one of the best safeties in the NFL, looked great again last week. So don't sleep on the Vikings, but don't sleep on those Detroit Lions. Oh, no, not at all. All right, right, Lewis. So we got one more segment that we're going to end the show with today. And it's a new segment that we got going on here for all of you fantasy gurus out there. Lewis and I included are two of them, and it's a bit of a start and sit um, moment. Yes, segment. So we're gonna each have we each have a few different fantasy teams, or at least I have a few. Yes. But so. I I'm, I only pay attention to one. Okay, my big money team is uh, what I'm worried about. I can care less mm-hmm. about the twenty dollar team. And I've got one also that I worry about more than any of the others. And I have some questions, and I'm gonna ask you, Lewis. And I want to I want to know yours as well from your team. Bring him. But I I need to know my third receiver and my flex. I I can so you start... have a, so hold on in your league you have a third receiver and a flex. Yeah, we That's have three receivers That's and a flex where you can play running back, wide receiver, or tight end. Okay. okay. So right now I'm not benching Randall Cobb or Pierre Garcon. Okay. Obviously, I need to know for my third receiver slash flex. I can start two of these guys. Between Torrey Smith, who's going against the Steelers tomorrow night. So I need to make that decision soon. Yep. Um, Kendall Wright, who's going against the absolutely awful Dallas Cowboys defense. And then Brandon Cooks, who looked great last week, going against the Minnesota Vikings, I believe. And then you got Shane Vereen. Or no, I'm sorry. Brandon Cooks is going against the Browns. Yes, he is. Shane Vereen is going against the Minnesota Vikings. So I need to know which two of those guys do I start. Obviously, Shane Vereen's a running back, but I can throw him in my flex over there. So Shane Vereen. Okay. Start him. He did solid last week. He got me about 14 points in my crappy league. Mm-hmm. Shane Vereen needs to be one starter because he's going to be the dump-off guy for Tom Brady. Brandon Cooks, I would say, go with. On the really? I think, other than Shane Vereen and Gronk, I think the Patriots are a little suspect right now. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady's a little frustrated. Don't go Kendall Wright right now. Don't do that. 
Even against that Cowboys defense? Even it's... against the Cowboys defense. <sighs> okay. But I have that my question thrown back at you. All right. My whole team is made up, but each week is my flex position, which is rough. All right. My flex position consists of three guys who could be starting in anybody's league, and I just don't know who to play. My flex is between Torrey Smith, Anquan Bolden, and Eric Decker. Who are Bolden and Decker going against this week? Bolden is going against Chicago. Decker is going against Green Bay. I feel like and it's a crapshoot. It is. It really is. I wouldn't go with Decker, just because I don't like... Geno Smith. No, I don't like Geno Smith. I don't like that offense. I don't. I think the Packers' defense is suspect, but he's the one guy there, the one target there for Smith. He's going to be double-covered, probably. I want to go Decker. Between Smith and Bolden... Now, Bolden's interesting because he got nine receptions for or eight receptions for 99 yards last week. Mm-hmm. It was against Dallas. More catches than Crabtree, more targets than Cap- Crabtree. He might be the he and Davis right there between the two of them. I think I read a stat last week. They accounted for 14 of the 16 passing touchdowns in the red zone last year. Wow. It was something some crazy stat like that just between the two of them. Obviously, Crabtree was out for the part of the year. But I think I might go Anquan Bolden here over Torrey Smith. It's a bit of a bold move. Yes. It is. A bit of a bolden move. But yes, a very bolden move. But Torrey Smith worried me. He Steve did. Smith he did. got many more targets than Smith did. Whose secondary is worse? Pittsburgh's or Chicago's? Um I'd have to say Pittsburgh's. But Bolden's the guy there in San Francisco right now. Smith? I don't know. I, I it's really hard to judge off of one week because before last week I would say Smith over Bolden all the way. Yep. And so obviously it's only week one. Crazy things happen. But I might go Bolden over Smith. And you look a little hesitant because I do. I think you want I think you want to go with Smith, don't you? I do. And mm-hmm. I had Bolden in this morning and I changed it back. Because I read a quote from Joe Flacco that said Tory Smith is still gonna catch a hundred balls this year. So I think with that game, Tory Smith was a little mad. And Flacco's like, well, crap, I got to get him some targets. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I, – I was especially one who was not expecting Steve Smith. Oh, nobody to, was expecting no. Steve Smith to do that. I mean, he's another guy who, like, how old is he now, 60? It's like, yeah. come on. But um, those are our fantasy questions for this week. We'll have right, more so next week. So you're going to start Vereen and Cooks? Are you going to go with I'm going Cook? to Vereen and Cooks, but if I lose, it's your fault. I'm warning you. All right. Um, right. No, you got to go Vereen, though. I, I know. I, I was solid. planning on Vereen. I always go for the running back over the wide receiver. Exactly. Ridley outcarried him last week, which actually surprised me, but it shows you how well he actually does in a PPR league. And also, just receiving yards, he's Brady's probably second favorite target. So The only reason why I'm suspect against Anquan Bolden is he would be my third 49er that I'd be starting. Oh. I also have Kaepernick and their defense. Gotcha. Uh, well, if Look at it this way, though. Kaepernick touchdown to Bolden. True. That's big. True. Very true. Start Bolden. Very true. But I'm pretty on the fence there between Bolden and Smith. I might just lean a little bit towards Bolden. All right. Well, to end the show, we're going to do this every week. It's our week two score prediction. Last week, we were all right on saying that the Lions were going to come out on top. And... I don't remember exactly what we predicted. I doubt anyone predicted 35-14. No. But, Lewis, I'm curious. Lions-Panthers, Sunday, 1 o'clock. Who comes out on top? And what's the score? 
See, my my mind is telling me one thing, and my gut is telling me another. Okay. And I'm fighting with it right now. Keep in mind, this is at Carolina. This is at Carolina. It's their home opener. Mm-hmm. And they have a great defense. I'm going to say Carolina wins it. They're going to win it by two. Nate Freeze is going to miss the game-winning field goal. Ah, okay. Nate Freeze is a guy who... They're going to lose it. They're going to lose it 20 to 22. The rookie. Putting it all on the rookie. Yeah. All right. I'm someone who has been going back and forth for a while on this one. I think this is going to be one of those games where it does come down to the final three, four minutes of the game. And I think whoever scores last is going to come out on top. But last week, I said the Lions are going to lose to the Panthers when we broke down the schedule. And I thought that the Panthers, I was down on the Panthers, and they won last week. But, Lewis, the Lions are going to come out on top this week. They are going to win 31 to 30. Wow. Yep. There we go. You think Game the, winning you, you field think goal the, by Nate Freeze. And, and keep in mind, folks, I'm not saying Nate Freeze is going to miss this because he missed his first field goal in the NFL. No, that's nerves. That's happened. Yes. You expect that. But keep in mind, he's a rookie, and he's going to be on the road in a home opener. That's why I said that. Okay, fair enough. That is why I said that. Fair enough. I'm not down on his skills. I'm just down on the the position he'll be put into. Well, I'm a little bit down on Cam Newton, and I'm a little bit up on the secondary, even minus Bill Bentley. So, I'm going Lions 31-30 in a thriller. So you think, I think the, it's going to be you a think fun Pan- game. Do you think the Panthers can put up 30? I think the Panthers can put up 30. Why not? Why not? Last week, they put up how much they won... So I got it up here. I mean, they scored 20 points on Tampa. They could easily score 30 on the Lions. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we made some bold predictions. <laughs> yep, we do need some bold predictions. No, we made some bold predictions. Oh, we did make some bold predictions. That That's is bold. true. We had it down to a T that yeah. we both think Nate Freeze is going to decide yeah. the game. Yeah, you think Nate Freeze is going to lose the game. I'm going with the rookie. You hear us, Nate Freeze? Yeah, Nate Freeze, we're calling out you right now. Get your game on. This game is all on your shoulders. It is. You better not screw it up. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be the end of our show this week. Lewis, thank you for being on every week. It's a pleasure. It really is. I'm looking forward to next week when we break down Alliance victory, a 31-30 victory over the Carolina Panthers next week. We will be be back full throttle. Oh, yeah. Uh We'll have Chris sitting shotgun. Yes, we will. All right, guys. So thanks for listening to Alliance Den here on Impact Sports. And go Lions! Okay, we need to do that every time now. (laughs) Yeah. It's corny enough that it's great. Uh Uh-huh.